This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show. It is the listener mailbag. Before we get into that, though, one more time, I need to tell you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star, Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are important days. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. So whatever your fancy is on the wing front, Boomer Jacks has a deal for you. But if you're not a wing person at all, they still have great deals for you other days of the week. They've got $3 drink specials, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, whatever atmosphere you're looking for, Boomer Jacks has the environment for you. You're just looking for a place to have dinner with the family, a nice aesthetic, everything else. Boomer Jacks is a spot. If you're looking for a great happy hour location for you and the coworkers to have some drinks, Boomer Jacks is a spot. If you're just looking for a place to go watch the game, follow your fantasy team, you know, watch the game with a buddy, have a fun rivalry, whatever else, Boomer Jacks is the spot. And there are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, let's jump into our Dean Julia love of the star mailbag. There are a lot of questions here uh, from the listeners today. Uh, First one here from uh, at uh, Mario underscore powers underscore up. In off coverage, uh, Brady likes to check to quick screen slants outs for a quick four to six yards. Yeah. And is very effective moving the ball. Do you see Dan Quinn altering his usual scheme of the quarterbacks playing seven to nine yards off the ball and using more press coverage to take away the quick throws? Yes, I absolutely do. I, you know, the first one of the first plays of the game, and it might have been the first play of the game in week one, was the ball that went to the outside to Godwin that went for like 15, 16 yards. You know, he just smoked it out to the left, and here you go up the field for a big game. So if I'm Dallas, okay, I, you know, with, you know, Craig Walderstud is the referee this week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the, one of the things they're really big on offensive holding, which means that maybe the Cowboys will catch a break. Now we'll see at the cruise and stuff like that, but the Cowboys maybe will catch a break this week with some offensive holdings with Donovan Smith being in there and stuff like that. He's had some problems We'll see what's going on at center, but maybe you could get some holding calls and put them in some negative place. Okay. With that being said, though, very limited on roughing the passer. The defensive holdings and the PIs are kind of up there for Wolderstad and his crew. But the thing I would do if I'm the Cowboys, I'm chasing these guys the whole night by playing press. I'm just not, you know, I've got to make Brady hold the ball for at least a half a count. I got to make every throw a contested throw. If you get defensive holding, if you get PIs, you know, it's better than giving up big plays. Because when you play off, you give up big plays. Double moves, we've seen that. I guarantee you, you know, you're going to see guys that that he's going to try and take a shot on you. He took a shot and hit a play on Julio Jones down the sidelines against Anthony Brown. They're going to do the same thing. So I would be ready for that. But I play impressed in this game if I'm Dan Quinn. Fight these receivers. Make them have to make contested catches. You know, we've seen them, we've seen them, 
struggle a little bit in some of those contested balls, you know, when 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 uh, when teams have done that. So I, I would much rather die that way than play it off and letting them make a big play after big play because Brady sees an opening. Next question here from at Astute Fanatic. From the offensive line perspective, how do you counter last-minute gap changes by the defensive line? Seems like that's been an issue with the running game. That's something Ezekiel Elliott has talked about recently that he thinks is giving them issues in the running game is that defensive lines are shifting at the last second and giving them some issues. I think the issues that they're having in the running game personally is the lack of continuity on the right side. I don't think the young tight ends, including and Schultz can be included as blocking as well as they did earlier in the year. I don't feel like they're getting guys up on the second level at the linebacker spot. You're having linebackers. They ran a draw the other the other day um, in the game, and I believe it was the I it was the, the commanders game where they ran. I think it was it was at Tennessee or it was the commanders. They're kind of coming together. They ran a draw. They ran a, a lead draw that draw's been a pretty good play for the Cowboys, but the the commanders blitzed the in two inside linebackers to the A gap and just blew up the play. So. You didn't adjust very well on that. The problem is there's a lot of half-man blocking going on. And I mean half-man, like you're not taking your guy square. You're only blocking like half the guy. Then all of a sudden, what's the back's read? When the back sees you block square, they have a two-way go. They can cut to the right. They can cut to the left. When you block half-man, they have to go to the side where you're blocking. So the other day on the third and five play, I think we talked about this. Schultz goes up there, blocks inside on the linebacker. Half the man, the other half, his right uh, left arm is free. So what does Pollard do? He knows it's third and five. He just puts his head down and tries to go as fast as he can, but you gave him no cut. You gave him no ability to adjust. You know, if you hit the guy square, you can make adjustments and then run. They're not, they're not, they're not really doing their half man blocking right now. And that's that's been an issue for but that to Zeke's point, if you get guys that are, you know, jumping in gaps and stuff like that, and you're not securing those guys, there's no cutback lanes. It's you kind of take what you get. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Next question here from Ralph Todd. What is the optimal Cowboys rooting guide for Super Wild Card Weekend? Dallas W, but who else should we we be rooting for? I mean, if you want a playoff a home playoff game next round, you should be cheering for the Giants and the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, if you get upsets there, then Seattle's got to go to Philly. You get to host the Giants, and then from there you'd be rooting for for Seattle. Obviously, if if you're telling me I can I can only get one upset, uh get San Francisco out now. Yeah, get, get Seattle a victory. I I feel pretty good about Dallas's chances to match up against anybody in the NFC except San Francisco. I'll I tell you I, what. Yeah, yeah. I'd feel, we, I'd, I'd feel terrified playing the 49ers. The 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 number one seed in the NFC is a wounded animal right now, and yep. sometimes wounded animals respond, and at other times they wander off and go die. You know, and 
I, I've said it before. I'll uh, say it again. I don't think that Jalen Hurts is, is healthy at all. And I think they know that. And they're 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 praying. They're praying. This offense will look a lot different with Jalen Hurts not being able to run if that's the case. You know, and my, in two weeks, in two weeks might not be enough time for him. You know, the fact that he had to play in that game last week, I think that says a lot. I think that says a lot that they were they had to do whatever they could to get the number one seat. If you're asking me, I I I wish that Green Bay would have made it into the tournament. Yeah. Because because I feel like Green Bay could have gone and beaten San Francisco. And I feel like Green Bay could have gone and given Philadelphia a run for their money too. Then if you find a way to win your your games, then you're in a situation where you get a home game against the Packers and NFC championship. I'll take my chances in a one-off game against the Packers at home. I'll just take my chances, you know. But, you know, we'll see if Seattle can play, you know. We'll see if Seattle can get their running game going. Uh, but it's difficult. San Francisco, Brock Purdy's, you know, Brock Purdy's done a great job for them. So I, we'll see if playoff pressure gets to him. I, I kind of doubt it. I think, I think San Francisco wins that game. Yeah. I, I mean, if you were to ask me today, I think I'd – Pick San Francisco to come out of the NFC. To yeah. be honest, I, I just I now the that. upset. The upset could be the Giants. The yeah, Giants, they could easily beat Minnesota. Giants. Giants had Giants had Minnesota on the ropes and let them off. You know, which which, a, which would not be great because if you get Minnesota victory or if you get a Giants victory and then you get a San Francisco victory, you're going to San Francisco next weekend. Yeah, on short exactly. rest. Exactly. I don't well, know the yeah. yeah, yeah, but. Uh, last question here from, uh, uh, who's this from Dela Cruz. And this is one, uh, right up your alley, Brian, since you've been studying and, uh, we've been frustrated with the receiving core, any wide receivers that you think are worthy of a first, or do you generally believe productive wide receivers can be found on day two and three? I know you can find productive receivers on day two and three. There's no doubt about that. It's happened several times. Cowboys have done it themselves. They found Cedric Wilson. They found Michael Gallup. It's not impossible. Um, but is there anybody that it's like, Hey, that guy is worth it. I mean, one guy in particular for me, obviously, I know I've talked about a little bit, and I still got to dive in and do more study on, on the entire receiver class, but I love Quentin Johnston at TCU. I, I think that guy's a monster. Yeah, the thing about Quentin Johnston, and, and uh, Quint, Quentin Johnston, excuse me, the thing about him is he's likely to go very early in this draft. Before and, Dallas picks and all likely. Well, well before Dallas picks. I mean, if you, if you want to just talk about – the best receivers in the draft. And I've seen Quentin Johnston. I've seen Jordan Addison. Is it the, an interesting guy? Quentin Johnston, two, two different type of body types. You know, yeah. one, one a bigger guy, one a heavier guy with Johnston. Addison is a transfer from Pitt. I mean, he is, a, he is a, he's got some special traits to him. Produced both a, spots, produced really well at yeah, both spots. Yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba is from the state of Texas here. Uh, you know, could be a guy, but now you're starting to talk about maybe where Dallas is going to pick uh, when you look at wide receivers. I know people have him. If you talk about the best players in the, it, regardless of position, he's somewhere between 25 and 26 on people's board. I know that uh, I, I know that Zach Wolchuk, who does work and is watching, that's Zach's number one receiver right there uh, with uh, Smith and Jigba. And so you know we'll see uh, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Uh, rail thin guy, but man, I'll tell you what, he goes downfield. He makes some big time plays. He can, he can run. Adjust, he can run. He can adjust to the football. Uh, another guy that I've looked at too, 
uh, we'll see with uh, with with uh, with Boutte, the, uh, the the LSU receiver. You know, Keishon Boutte. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, he. I don't. I wouldn't compare him. Uh, he's a good player, but I wouldn't compare him to what we've seen from the last couple of years with LSU receivers, with Chase Jefferson, those guys. I don't know if I would compare him to those types of guys as well. But uh, you know, Josh Downs from North Carolina is a good player. I mean, there's now we're getting down into that range of from like 20 down to 50, uh, where you're where you're looking. Uh, uh, the kid from SMU. Rasheed Rice. Rice. Yeah. Rice is another one. I, I, I don't. Have, I, I don't that's, think he that's, runs that's great. That's somebody think, I know. The Cowboys are are have done yeah. some research on already. There you go. Don't know if he runs. Don't know if he's got the blazing speed, but he catches every ball you throw in his direction. Yep, absolutely. Well, that does it for us here on the Love the Star. We'll talk to you guys again ahead of the Tampa Bay game. Until then, we will see you guys later.